We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Close the damn door, man. You're letting all the Wi-Fi out. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hold On, I'm Almost There, a show about finding discipline through perseverance and personal growth to become a little better at something every day. With your hosts, Tom Mungia, which he has been unavoidably detained at one of his 15 jobs that he has, training people, working out the week, making sure that they strive for greatness. Uh, He'll join us a little later on in the podcast. And of course, myself, Uncle Frank. So have a seat, do them chores, or twist a wrench while we dive down the rabbit hole. Today, we have a super special guest with us. He's a father, a husband, and a mentor to so many. He also happens to be my caffeine dealer. Please welcome Victor to the show. Yeah, how's it going? So glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Victor. Right, so, you know, caffeine dealer, professional barista, you know. Um, I've really been, I've really have been able to find myself at, you know, the store that I'm at right now and the job I'm working in and by finding a place that I I feel like I really fit in, I've been able to really develop myself and find my journey into a role now where I'm a leader and I feel like I can mentor many more people than just a few. Um, And... (laughs) sorry frank um no no worries man yeah dude so um i've known you for what maybe about a good four years now i'd say that's it i remember one of the the very first times that um i actually started going to your store and uh you know the the greeting uh, you know, everybody is incredibly welcoming. Everyone is ready to be your friend at your store. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, you know, whoever runs this place, whoever trains these people really trains them in order to bring out the best in everybody they meet. And I found it so fascinating, you know, and I, I don't even I don't know if you remember one of the very first times that we actually sat at the table and we had a discussion over coffee. You know, we're just kind of talking about interviews, talking about, um, you know, what I did professionally. I remember you were asking, you know, like, hey, so what do you do? Because I was going in. There he is. Tom. Hey, I heard there's a party hey. going on. Yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> so uh, we're talking to Victor you know and we were just talking about one of the very first conversations that we had had um when i had gone into his store so he is a are you are you referred to as a leader as a mentor or what is what is your officialness there at the at the place so officially i'm I'm the store manager right so we have baristas supervisors store managers and the store manager is a role i play uh and i'm glad to hear you, you think that because you know, really, I, I give credit where credit's due, and it's the partners, it's the baristas that really make those connections. Um, and you kind of start through training in there, and I think training's a big part of it. Um, another big part of it's the culture, right? Having 
a consistency, having um, a, a purpose that we can all work towards that everyone can really buy into um, helps drive that culture, helps make it easy to do uh, what we need everyone to do. And, you know, I see my role as a store manager, just a different role. Um, our job in the store is to make every customer regular. When we sat down and talked, I thought I brought that up. Um, and, you know, by getting your name, hey, Frank, or hey, welcome to Starbucks. You know, what's your name? Hell, my name's Frank. Right on, Frank. What, what can we start it for you? So you start to build that connection. Um, you know, I knew that you had entered into project management. Before I had seen you come in, you were studying, you were doing, um, I think, something with, with uh, IT. Right. That, that's right. I was studying for my CCNA at the time. Yeah, man, that was that was a while back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So just from talking and, and kind of following really kind of following your journey and keeping up with what you had going on, finding out that you're doing project management. One of the things I'm working on right now is my bachelor's degree and the focus is actually in project management. So uh, for me, it was an easy way to bring up a, a conversation. Hey, Frank, how's that going? You know, Um but that's just me playing my role as building relationships within my store, building relationships within my community. Um, but, you know, my main role, my main squeeze is uh, really offering support because I have leaders in my store that really create that environment, right? I have leaders that are the trainers. I have leaders that are the coaches. I have leaders that um, will step in and help problem solve. Um, my role is to help support them and help develop their skills into being the leaders they need to be for the team. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's something that Tom also focuses on, too, man. Um, I started the show with Shane um, and and really, you know, we were we were finding our voice. We were finding our audience. We were looking, you know, we were just a couple of knuckleheads that um, wanted to be funny and wanted to start something for entertainment purposes. And then all of a sudden, you know, we I stumbled upon Tom and Tom has this drive. He has this natural ability to lead. And and I love having Tom on the show because he really adds that element for us. You know, whether whether he, he knows this or not, because I don't really express it to him too often. You know, I really see him as 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 a leader in this in this uh, this thing that we're doing with the podcast, you know, he's he, you know, even off the air, he's constantly pushing me to, you know, keep true to my word. Hey, you said you were going to do these things. Focus. Get there. Let's let's make it happen. Let's let's have the best show that we can have for our audience, because, you know, as long as we're reaching out to this one person that continuously listens, it that's that's gonna be great for that one person. And that he he always talks about it too. The the person that we affect, they will have this ripple effect. And you never know it. The next person that you've touched or that you've motivated, they could be the next great something. Definitely. Tom, I love motivational Mondays. Like you give oh, me thank you. Man. I appreciate sir. that. I always love yes. hearing that. Believe me, that that means a lot to me because uh, we put in a lot of work on it, and we're just trying to get a message out there. And anytime I get some good feedback, man, I I appreciate that, man. I, thank you very much. For sure, and I think it's also not just Monday, man. You can put that in any day of the week and get hyped, yeah. get started to your week, right? Right. Yeah. Anytime but, you need to pick me up. Right. Yes, sir. Um, Frank, the last thing you mentioned was just um, having that ripple effect, right? 
Uh, that's a lot of the things that I feel like leadership's about. You have someone, you know, from a, a professional perspective that might work for you. But if you're talking to them, if you're guiding them, mentoring them, um, you know, I don't, I don't fool myself. Everyone's going to eventually move on to something else, right? We hire pretty young. That's just the way it works. Uh, but if they, if you can kind of help guide them in a professional way, whether it's through career success, whether it's through, um, you know, leadership skills, they take that everywhere they go. Right? They and then you've got and, that ripple effect. And just to touch on that, um, when I was very young, when I first graduated high school, you know, we all start, we go to college and I was working at a job and it was a, a dead end job, right? I knew this one what I was going to do for my career. The boss, he was into all these leadership books, right? And he would always give us these little classes and stuff. And back then I'm thinking, this guy's crazy, right? This, this stuff doesn't make any sense. Who buys into this stuff? Who would have thought <laughs> over 20 years after meeting this man, I'm reading those books, the, the the things that I thought were crazy and insane, it came back to me. And sometimes I go back and, and I always tell what I call Peter stories because he was the owner of the company that was all into this stuff and trying to influence me at that time. And I didn't realize I didn't appreciate it. And I've always said and I haven't done it that I need to go back to him and thank him. He took the time. He cared enough. And even though I thought he was crazy back then, he affected me two decades later. Where now I do appreciate the time he took. Now I try to follow in the example that he said where I am trying to touch somebody. Because, yeah, that person you might be talking to trying to set an example for today, they might roll their eyes at you. They might not appreciate what you're saying. But one day that click might happen where they will realize, hey, that guy was on to something. He was trying to teach me something. And they'll go back to the things you listen. Maybe they'll go back through the archives of Motivational Monday and listen yeah. to it and appreciate it. Then maybe, you know, 20 years from now, our, our listeners, you know, the the the, the listening shifts will go up. Man. How you never about know. That? You never know who you're touching, how you're going to touch them, how you're going to affect them. And that's why you got to do your best. You know, that every everything you say means something. It might not mean something today. It might mean, not mean something tomorrow. It might be 20 years from now, but your actions, the words, the way you go about handling yourself, you you, you can always have an effect and you want to make sure it's in a positive way. For Absolutely. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure some people on my team feel the same way. I'm sure thinking, oh, my gosh, Victor and his podcast, Victor and his books, you know, but I did have one leader that um, really started me on on the book game. Um, he came in and I had a kind of a difficult visit and my boss was there and his, you know, her peer was there as well. And, you know, I could tell, you know, he really saw what my problem was. And he said, hey, you know, give me a little bit of advice. And then he was like, I'm gonna give you a book recommendation. I was like, okay, I probably rolled my eyes a little bit. But sure, go ahead and open to anything. And he recommended this book. And I took it, you know, recommendation, I read the book. And sure enough, it was pretty much spot on to what the problems I was struggling with at the time were manifesting from. And um, ever since then, you know, I, I throw everything. If if uh, maybe someone doesn't want to read a book, I'll throw a podcast out there. If someone doesn't want to read a podcast, YouTube videos, you know, whatever, whatever I think might stick. Um, yeah. That's all you can do. You know, people all can right. take it or they cannot. That's what right. was the name of the book, man? Uh, it's actually the book I was telling you about when we sat down that one time, Frank. It was, um, and I wrote down, so I remember the author's name. It's One Minute Manager, uh, Ken Blanchard, and specifically it's the leadership, One Minute Manager and Leadership. Uh, book out of that series because there's a couple uh, Blanchard has a lot of books out there 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So check that. Make sure you look into the uh, podcast show notes. I'll have that in there. But, um, you know, as we're talking about, you know, rolling your eyes and really just kind of not understanding what someone might be doing, the people that we think they were crazy. Oddly enough, today, as I was flipping through, uh, I had a, a break between meetings today. And I had a pop-up message from YouTube come up, and it was an interview that David Goggins was doing with someone. And he was talking about, you know, the people that wake up ready to train, the people that wake up and they're ready to learn and they're ready to do these things. Not everyone around them understands why they're doing it. Everyone oh, has their believe me, I know that their know particular that. drive, you know, and everyone's drive is different. And he says those people that are up, you know, running, exercising, studying, reading, doing all these things, they're doing it for a reason. And and that reason they don't have to explain to anybody because that reason is for them. Everyone else around them is going to know that they're crazy. They're going to think that, you know, something is wrong with you. That's where I want to live is what he kept saying. I want to be that crazy person, you know, and he curses quite a bit during this right. in, during his interview. But, you know, he's super raw. He's very emotional. He's super real about it. And and he says, you know, I, I, I strive to be that crazy person because if one day you finally figured out why I'm training as hard as I am, then I just I'm not training as hard as I should be. And I was like, man, you know, to me, I, all I could think of was that's Tom in a nutshell. Who knows why you do the things you do other than you? You know, there's there's only so much you're broadcasting out there to to real life. There there's so many things going on in your personal life, so many goals, so many accomplishments you're trying to hit, so many of those mile markers that you're trying to get after. You know, no one can understand that but you, maybe your wife, your family, you know, your your closest confidants. And then um, last week while I was talking to Victor. You know, we had a pretty good conversation for about what was about 30 minutes to an hour or so. You know, we were just about sitting there hour. talking and I, I learned so much just just because Victor decided to take the time. And I, I wanted to take the time to really get to get to know a little bit more about him. The the leadership stories that he had had told me, the mentor stories that he had told me, his philosophy behind being a leader to his team members, you know, that was very inspiring. And that's a big part of the reason I wanted to have him on the show. You know, he is somebody that I come in contact with every day. His 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 greetings when I go through the drive through to pick up my coffee on my way to work, it's it. it a lot of the times it makes my day that much better because everyone's like, hey, you know, oh, it's Frank. Hey, I'm a nobody, you know, but the feeling that that they give you when you go through there, hey, they know my name. They know my drink. They know where I'm going. You know, they know if I'm going through the drive through, I'm, I'm headed into the office. Okay. So, you know, that it's that feeling of camaraderie. It's that feeling of of belonging it's it's also just the ability to know that someone is waiting for me right someone's gonna be there so you know all of those qualities that he's instilled in his people there and the way they've taken to it you know just amazes me 
Frank, I just want you to know you're a superstar in our store. Get it. Don't take, don't take that lightly. Don't take that oh, lightly. Man. No, sir. Man, we exactly like you said, we're waiting. We're waiting every moment. And then when you come through, we can breathe a little bit. Oh, my God. You know, and, and it's so, you know, I've, I've learned almost everyone's name there. If not, I know them by face. And um, I, I can't remember what his his name is. But uh, the first time when y'all started taking off y'all's masks, this dude had a rowdy mustache. And I was like, what? I was like, I know your eyes, but I don't like I, I, I don't know who you are. It's like you're going to have to say something to me. Um, but, yeah, he's 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 a good guy, man. That's COVID. You know, I've had so many moments of uh, seeing cust- regular customers that, you know, I know very well the first half of their face. And then they come in without a mask and I'm sitting there looking like, oh, wait, I think I know this person. And it's someone I probably had a great conversation with yesterday. I just couldn't put everything together. Yeah, so, so crazy. So, Tom, man, tell us tell us what you got going on, man. No, I mean, well. I mean, obviously, I showed up late. I'm extremely busy. I've been, you know, going through. And it's so funny you brought up that David Goggins, you know, and talking about people don't understand. They can't relate. Man, it's something that I dealt with a long, a, a large part, por, uh, portion of my life, you know, getting up at three o'clock to work out. People, you know, my my closest friends, you know, workout friends, uh, like my brothers, my family, just they didn't understand. And I was crazy. I was stupid. Why do you waste your time? And just, you know, you, you just get the things, you know, no one ever supports you. Right. They, they don't understand. And it's just because they don't understand mm-hmm. um, because they don't live the way you do. And they don't, you know, when I'm trying to tell, I'm just trying to be the best that I can be. But I believed in my heart somehow, some way this is going to pay off in some way. I don't know how. And now that I'm living the life of my dreams, I mean, I really I have to pinch myself I'm driving here to come trying to make it. I didn't make it trying to get here in time. I came from the gym training. I mean, think about it. I mean, this is my life now. I go to the gym, something I've been doing, you know, for 26 years, doing something that I love doing, having these wonderful people, beautiful women trying to get my time, paying me good money to work out with them. I mean, who can complain about that? And why? Because of all that time I spent, they saw the results of what it was. They under, they get it because they want to have that same drive. They want to have that same motivation that they've seen me have over all these years. And I'm able, and thank God, I'm a, I've been able to be blessed with the ability to convey that message, you know, to let them know, to talk to them in a certain way that they can understand that they can feel it, that it motivates them, that the times they want to quit, the times they don't want to do it, I can come across in a certain way, maybe make them laugh, whatever it is. However I have to do it, I find a way to do it. And it's just, I, it, I sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I get emotional thinking about it, that all those times that people thought I was just stupid, wasting my time tom this is you know you they think you're crazy but i believed in me you know and sometimes i was the only one and i even started to question myself and now here i am and i've got other things going on. i don't want to bring them up but my personal that my, i mean I, when i tell you i'm living the life of my dreams because i found something that i love to do and i went after it man that's what i'm trying to do with the motivational monday that's what i'm trying to do when i come on here i want people to understand that they can have the same thing you just have to make that decision to go for it. And when you do it, it'll be the best decision you've ever made. Oh, and I'm not I'm I'm 100 percent sure that that decision did not 
come without its hurdles. You know, oh. the, your your blocks, roadblocks, anything that's coming at you that may have told you, hey, you need to stop. You need to pump the brakes. You know, it, it's up to <clears throat> you to, you know, pause for a minute recount what it is you're trying to do, you know, yeah. gather your thoughts, gather your plan and, and just go after it. It's, yeah. it, it's very hard. You know, there's always going to be some type of sacrifice involved. There For me, is. it's a lot, a lot of it is sleep, rest. I don't get to watch TV. I don't get to read people talk about TV. I don't get to see those things. I don't get to enjoy that kind of stuff. I, but I do get to enjoy the other things in life. They always say you can't reach to go up that ladder Holding, holding on to the things that have been holding you down. You got to let go of some things if you want to keep going up. You can't have you know both your hands full and keep climbing. There's some things you're gonna have to let go and leave behind. You're gonna have to leave some people behind. Those those naysayers, those people that always doubt at you, that don't support you. You know what? You got to get away from that negativity sometimes. I'm not saying cut them off completely out of your life, but now you, I mean you, you've got to move on. You can't incorporate. There's people that I don't bring up my personal. I don't bring up my business stuff with them. Because all they've got is negative things to say, you know, mm-hmm. you don't understand. That's fine. OK, you know what? Then I just won't bring up that topic with you. I don't text you anymore to see how you're doing because you're just going to say something negative. And it just brings me down. And I don't need that in my life. That, that doesn't mean they're not as good a friend anymore. It just means there's certain things I don't discuss because I'm moving in a positive direction. I've decided, hey, this is the path I'm taking and I'm going for it. But there I is mean- sacrifice. You oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is going to be sacrifice. There has to be. There has yes. to be. Because if there wasn't, everybody would be just, you know, guns a blazing and doing oh. everything to the tens, you oh. know. And I was just about to ask Victor, like, have you ever had someone on your team that you could immediately tell? And obviously, I don't want you to give names or anything like that, but that you could immediately tell this person is not going to be a good fit in the long run their their attitude just seems to kind of bring the rest of the group down and maybe is not providing this quality of service that we're that we're striving for sure i mean one of the things that y'all kind of touched on is you know everyone does things for different reasons right like tom might wake up at three o'clock in the morning and, and go for a run or go for a workout um, and he has his own reasons why like there's something there just motivating him to get up and do those things right. Uh, Frank, we were talking about, um, you know, the longevity of this podcast and you said you kind of had the second wind, right? But there's a reason that just kept you going and working at it, working at it. And you said 55 weeks in a row. Now we've made podcasts like that's an amazing feat, you know? Um, And so for us, you know, what we're trying to do, of course, is, uh, like I said, make every customer regular, build those relationships, build those connections. Um, And for some people, unfortunately, you know, that's not something that's important to them. Right. So in customer service, like that's, you know, it's what we're selling. We're selling the relationship. We're selling, um, you know, just good service. And, you know, for some people, they just don't, you know, the reason why maybe just might not be as important to them. And I haven't had a really recent one um, that I can think of. But when I first got to my store, I definitely inherited uh, a lot of partners that, you know, I didn't really hire and I hadn't really touched, you know, from a leadership perspective yet. And um, you know, there were some struggles. There were some struggles there with um, just attitudes and not wanting to, um, you know, make the moment right for customers. What we call it if something goes wrong. Um, it's kind of people that want to. Nick- I'm 
not dropping everybody that is negative, but maybe not, you know, sharing so many personal stories with them anymore. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, I think it's important for us as, as a team is we have a culture, right? We have a culture in our store that, um, you know, breeds a behavior that we're looking for, that breeds, you know, going out of your way to connect with somebody that breeds, um, you know, taking ownership of their dream and taking ownership of their experience. Um, and that's really what we're, we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and you can really tell that from just listening to Tom, right? He not only wants to help his, his, uh, his customers, but he wants to, you know, make sure that they're inspired. You know, he he had his first his first place that he started out. They had a setback, but man, that setback led to an amazing comeback, right? right. And it, it wasn't even that big of a setback. It was more of a a move for him. Right. Things the are either pictures, you either you see the obstacles or an opportunity. Yeah, the pictures and you're the of one this that's going to place is. Right. is just like. I would want to go work out there, you know, because everything is pristine. <clears throat> everything is on a professional, you know, just the you name a workout, we can do it in this place. Right, and he had that at the other one. But this one is, you know, the next the next step right. to that. So, you know, how do you make sure that you keep yourself motivated while also motivating others? Because sometimes it's hard enough. We Yes, we rely on our discipline. Yes, there has to be a motivation, right? Because that's where your why lives. It, it lives somewhere in your motivation. But whenever you run out, you know, your tank is running low on discipline and your tank is running really low on motivation. Where do you gather that strength to start really motivating those around you? Because, you know, that's that's one of those things that's very contagious. Your attitude is incredibly contagious. And if you have a bad attitude, no matter where you go, that can sour everyone else's attitude. Keeping that positive mindset and pushing through even though you're having the the worst day ever you know making sure that that ripple that you've created is a positive one you know how do you what is it that you do to make sure you go into the storefront and you have that face on you know you're ready to work you know you're ready to motivate you know, that's that's one of the things um, I recently got to explain to these two these two new recruits that we have at one of our hospitals. They're brand new. And one of them turned over. We, we were out at lunch and he turned over. He's like, hey, I heard that you have a podcast. You know, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, he's like, so what's it about? And I, I told him and he was kind of taken aback because I I actually had the chance to interview them. And then he asked me for feedback. You know, he was hired. He asked me for feedback, what I thought of his interview. And, I, you know, I told him maybe this is a conversation we should have alone because I don't want to offend you or say something that you might not might not want others to hear because I, I want the feedback that I give you to be uh, honest feedback and something you can use to get better. He's like, no way, man, go ahead and lay it on me. So I told him, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't a, a mean, you know, interview. I was just I, I told him I was very surprised that you got the position, 
you came in unprepared, you didn't, you know, you, you came in with almost zero experience, but you were communicating as if you had done this for years and years. And, and you were talking about how are you going to make all these changes to people that have been doing this for, you know, eight and 10 plus years. I, so mm-hmm. I, I was really intrigued as to where you tried to draw a line between arrogance and preparation. You know, how do you explain to someone with these fresh ideas that you can do a better job than they've been doing when they're, you know, they're at the top tier of their of their service line. And he was just like, yeah, you know, um, he said his brother kind of made him write up these these uh, these resume preparation things and kind of hand them out. And I was like, well, that's great that that shows a certain level of skill, but. You need to make sure that it's something that you're honest with yourself about. Can you really deliver on these things that you're putting down on paper or is it just fluff to make yourself look good? And he's like, you know, honestly, it it was it was really fluff. You know, he's like, yes, I can do those things in my mind. I can do those things. But you're you're right in that maybe I shouldn't have brought that because I wasn't really ready to speak about it the way it was written down. And I was like, as long as you believe it, you make the people that you're interviewing with believe it, go for it. But I didn't believe it because you were stumbling a lot when we were asking those questions. But let me ask you, he got the job though. He did get the job. And and I was I was <laughs> there, you know. That's all, that's all that matters. That, that is, he, he and that's, that's what belief. I told him. Right. That's what I told him. I was like, that's that's all that matters is that you got the job. Right. My opinion of you and what I turned in after the interview, you know, they 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 took it as as just that. It was my criticism of how your interview went. Right. Yeah, now he's gotta perform. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you know what's funny? Helpful. I just had this discussion with somebody on the way <laughs> I hate to say texting on the way while I was driving here. You know, oh, basically man. every time somebody, a client, potential client contacts, I'm being interviewed, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. I'm trying to yes. get hired. And, you know, that's what it came down to. You know, we're having all this back and forth and they want all this, and I said, look, you know, they want to know if they, this package and if it's worth it. And, and my big deal is I don't, I don't, you don't sign a contract with me, right? A lot of the gyms, a lot of personal trainers, you've got to, to get the best price. You've got to sign this long-term deal and all that. I, I don't, I, for me, it's just, you pay as you go. There's no contract. I'm confident in my ability. I tell them, look, just come one time. You know, you don't have to agree to nothing right now. You come in one time, you'll come. I'm so co- I'm confident in my ability to get you to where you go. You're going to realize that the first time you come in, you'll keep coming back. I said, I'm not worried about that. I said, once you decide you like it and you want to, then we'll talk about a pricing for, you know, however many sessions a week you want to go. But I said, you know, the way I'm going to convey what I want you to get, the way I'm going to motivate you. I'm absolutely confident in my ability. And it's like you said, every customer is important that goes into your Starbucks because they they can leave and they can never come back. Right. Yeah. There's no guarantee. They're not signing anything once they walk in that. Hey, I, I, I promise you I'll come back a hundred more times. That's the same thing with my clients. They come in. I, I may never see them again. I've got to win them every single time they come in. I've got to give them a reason to keep coming back. And so far they've kept coming back. And like I told this person, I said, look, I'm totally confident you're going to like what I'm going to do for you that first day. You're going to be coming back and you're going to be like these other people trying to find out when you can see me again. 
That's, that's all you got to uh, do. And I tell people, you're not making a commitment to me. You're making a commitment to you that you want to be your best. And when you do that, you'll keep coming back. I promise. That's oh, it. Yeah. Man, I used to sell jewelry. So believe it or not. And, uh, you know, one thing my, my boss there used to tell me is everyone's in there for a reason, right? They didn't, people don't just walk into a jewelry store. That's right. Um, just, just to look, I mean, usually they're looking, but they, you know, looking for maybe an engagement ring. Maybe they're looking right. for a watch. Like what is, you find out what you're, they're looking for. Then you find out, you know, what, Hey, what price are you looking for? Okay. Right. Now, you know, what can we get? Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, for you, Tom, it makes sense. People are there and they obviously step into a gym. They speak to a trainer um, and that's what they're they're looking for that, yes. you know, they're looking for you know to, to make a change for themselves. And, that's right. And the store, you know, what really helps us is is having a purpose that can be relatable to everybody. Right. right. That's for me with leadership is you got to bring along the entire team. You can't just bring along a certain few. Um, right. I see some businesses get, get really hard to work for because they're so focused on just the customer. They're so focused on just the business, the bottom line. But really, we tie our, our goals around really just one purpose. Everyone has individual goals, right? Yes. That's a goal. It's, you know, it's personal to, to anyone that shows up, wakes up every day. You know, maybe the goal is just getting up out of bed. Um, but when you come to work, you know, you have a goal. Either you're making money or maybe you want to, you know, build relationships. Maybe you want to, if you're a leader, like inspire someone. Um, so our purpose includes everybody it's it's got something for everyone so when we're talking about our job in the store you know we can tie that to the barista we can tie that to the supervisor and to to me as a store manager but we can also tie it to how it's going to make the customer better how it's going to make the business better Um, and for you know that's i think a big part step one right step one is find out what our purpose is what are we really trying to do and then how do you um how does that fit with your personal goals it's a team, right? It's like a football team. Everybody's got a role to play because we're all in this for one thing to win the game. But everybody has to do their part. This guy can't do this other guy's part. He's got to do his part. And we all have to trust each other that we're going to do our best in our each individual role that we have to play. And then we do it and we go out and do it. And that's the best way to achieve success. Simple. Even if your goal, even if your goal is when you wake up just to make money, what's the best way to make money? To have the best team. It's just that simple. I mean, that's all there is to it. Absolutely. And you, we, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead, Victor. I was just going to say, like, I've, I've, we've mentioned trust so many times in just this conversation alone. And I think that's that plays a big part in it. You know, for you, Tom, people need to trust that you're going to give them what they're looking for. Right. And you're pretty confident that you can right. give that. Um, and same thing for me as, as a leader. You know, people need to trust that I'm going to be there to support them and um, help develop them if that's what they need or just get them to the resources they need to get to. Hey man, in my other job, my <laughs> my real my daytime job as a firefighter, <laughs> as a paramedic, when I show up and somebody's laying there dead and we're trying to save them, I gotta trust that this guy's gonna do CPR correctly, that this other guy's gonna be bagging the patient correctly, that they have to trust that I know what I'm doing when as I'm calling out what I need them to do it because everything's timed on a certain time. You know, we have to trust each other that we're gonna do our job and not only do our job, do it the best that we can to save somebody's life. You know that you don't get more important than that. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, I have to. That's the ultimate trust that I'm trusting this person's life that I'm trying to say in your hands that you're going to do what you've been trained to do and do it correctly. It it, it always is. You're you're exactly right. It comes down to trust. Yeah, absolutely. And, Mm. you know, going back to the um, interview thing, right, every every single interaction that you have is an interview. 
with with everybody i had a couple of people um recently hit me up so there was a position that opened up that it was going to be part of my team and you know a couple of people hit me up but this one guy hit me up after the position had been closed out they're you know they've interviewed they've already selected someone he's like how do i how do i become part of your team you know let me know if there's ever a position that opens up and i was like well why didn't you apply this last time he was just like well well i wasn't i wasn't sure what this position required you know let me know what i can do to build up my skills in case a position becomes available again and i was like first thing i'll tell you is absolutely every day is an interview what are you doing to become a leader in the position that you're in now what are you doing to make those steps to where people are noticing what you're doing people will trust that you're going to close out whatever project it is you're going to give those updates you're going to make things happen and he was just kind of at a loss for words well you know i i feel like i'm doing enough already in the position that i'm in and i was like well how many how many other places have you applied for and he's just like i've applied for several positions and how many of those positions have you gotten he's like well I'm, I'm still in the spot that i'm in now and i was like well something has to change because what you're doing right now is not getting you to that next step you need to you know put your hand up whenever there's a project make sure that everyone can trust you with having their back on a project making sure that you're going to make the right orders make sure that the vendors are all going to be taken care of and scheduled appropriately you know even making sure that you're outside of your comfort zone and communicating things to admit the administration department because sometimes those are the hardest people to talk to um they want certain things right now but they don't understand the back end of what it takes to get there and they might order a, a piece that they can't do anything with because they saw it they wanted it right then and there and no one had the courage to say hey that's something that we cannot use right now you know stop stop for a minute let's make let's go through the uh, proper protocols and processes to make sure we can use it now hey i said i want it we're gonna buy it now there's this ten thousand dollar piece of equipment that no one can use because it doesn't fall into our security protocols or it doesn't fall into something because no one wanted to say hey that's not a good idea you know way too many people want to be a yes man as opposed to a let's think about that kind of a person right let's you've been let's in the fire department i can tell dude it's it's <laughs> everywhere man it is it's everywhere. everywhere um it's uh, the the uh, the most awesome part of the particular part of my job is is i'm on a, a panel called the architectural review board and what we do is we make sure that all guidelines are set for any piece of software or any piece of new equipment that is coming into our company. <clears throat> so we get with the vendor. We make sure that, hey, these are our security standards. Please make sure that your security standards are in line with ours. You know, do we already own a piece of software that can do whatever it is that your widget says you can do? Um, do we are we already working with a vendor out there that 
can do what you're saying, just like I was saying earlier. What is it? What will it take for your software or your widget to interface with all of our software and the rest of our widgets without being this overbearing resource hog? You know, what kind of servers does it take? Does it work in the cloud? How, what's the network capabilities? You know, all these questions that we have to answer before it even hits the floor. And this is something that, you know, we're working on on a from a medical standpoint. You know, we really need to make sure that all of our T's are crossed and I's are dotted because in the end, we have to make sure that our patients are going to be safe and they're going to be taken care of. And even the nurses that use this equipment or the doctors that use this equipment, are they going to know how to use it properly? Are they going to know, you know, what to do or who to call in case it stops working? What's the fastest way to fix this thing? They call you know, me. They go. <laughs> I don't need your widget. <clears throat> there you go. We'll see. There, there you go. Right, right. We have a Tom in there our organization. You know, do. we don't need your widget. <laughs> so yeah, and that's I. I depend on everyone in that panel as as much as they they. I'd like to think they depend on me. Right. I have to do all my due diligence. I have to make sure that I follow up with these vendors. I have to make sure that, you know, these person are being notified of whatever it is that's going on. And my boss, you know, she makes sure that I understand these are the timelines that we need to meet in order to say yay or nay to this device. If this thing is going to be a good fit, I need to know within the next week, the next two weeks or the next month. These are the things we need to find out. This is where I need us to be. And if we're not here, this thing could potentially fail, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Partnerships, you know, trust. Oh, my goodness. Definitely. And you're talking about, you know, the person you work with that's wondering why he's not getting these positions. And, you know, I don't know the whole situation. But, you know, one, I think I see a common problem where people want to move into a different position or want to move up. And I'm, you know, I'm in a position where I can promote people. And, um, you know, I tell them, like, look, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes because you're in an entry level position. You're not in a leadership position yet. But leadership isn't a position. And it's, you know, something that you just show up and you do. And like you said, Frank, someone needs to show up and maybe say, hey, this is not going to add value to our company. This is not going to add value to our department. Um, and so that's what I tell people. That's what I look for. You know, I don't need you to show me that you can do the management work. That stuff I can teach you. I want to see you step up and lead and, and help coach and develop other people, your peers, right? How do you help your peers get better at their job? Um, and unfortunately, like, you know, sometimes you just don't get opportunities to do that. But when you do have those opportunities, like people need to take them and, and show and then earn the trust and really then earn, you know, their value and earn that position that they might be striving for. Because um, if not, you know, someone that's in a position to hire um, might look externally and say, OK, well, this person on their resume shows experience. But Frank, we've already heard from you. Someone can put anything on their resume. Uh, make it look good. And if they speak well in the interview, then, hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And Tom's perfect example, you know, his resume, he wears his resume every day. You know, his his physique is his resume. 
All you need to do is look at the guy, and you can tell he works out, and he knows how to do it well. And I'm not trying to toot my That's how I got my job at LA Fitness. I went in there early. I worked out so that the, the guy that was going to hire me saw me working out. I went, took a shower, got dressed, went up to him. He asked me, were you the guy in that red shirt? I said, yeah. He said, you're hired. That's it. That's you, it. Know, you earned his choice. There's you, no fluff. There. There's no BSing. You know, he saw what I what I can do, how I do it, how I go about doing handling business. And that's it. Now, that's an easy way to do it. Right. That's the most effective way. You can't do that in all walks of life. Right. That That's not possible. But I did have that opportunity. I understood that. And I planned it out that way. <laughs> you know, you're your own billboard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's absolutely. what I did. Every day is an interview. You never know who you're going to interact with. You never know with. who you're talking. That's why. And, yeah. and we talked about it last week about all the cursing and talking. And you never know who you're speaking to or who they might know or whatever and, and what they might say about you. You know, you've got to present yourself in a professional manner. Now, you know, it, 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 we don't have to go so far as being it's always in a professional But you don't want to do something that you're going to regret and, and be embarrassed about when somebody brings it up later that, you know, that happens sometimes. You talk to somebody, you don't realize who they were, and then you find out really, hey, this was a somebody oh, yeah. that could oh, have affected yeah. you in a positive way. But they didn't because of the way you presented yourself, the way you acted, and, and not even knowing it. You thought you were just talking amongst the fellas. But, you know, watch what you do. You got to present yourself in a certain way. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's so many stories on LinkedIn, too. One of my favorite stories that I remember reading was about a guy that just happened to see this little old lady on the side of the road. And he's like, oh, man, she's got a flat tire. You know, let me I'm on my way to a job site, but let me stop real quick, help her out. He changed her tire and she saw the the sticker on the side of his truck. She's like, oh, my grandson works for that company. I wonder if you know him. And he's like, well, ma'am, you know, it's a very big company. We might have, you know, crossed paths at one point in time or whatever. And he, you know, he just goes on about his day, changes her tire, you know, wishes her well and goes on about his day and she said well let me let me get your name and she wrote his name down and everything like that about a week later this guy's ceo reaches out to his boss you know and sure enough that little old lady was the ceo's grandmother and he hand wrote a note to this guy saying thank you so much for taking care of my grandmother in her time of need, you know, and man, you know, who knows if that story is true, but it's one of those things you have no idea what is going to happen or when it's going to happen. And those are those opportunities. We don't know what they look like. We have no idea when they're going to show up, but you have to be ready to do whatever it takes to make sure that <clears throat> you left that person better off for meeting you than not. I'll tell you what, you like to hear these stories from uh, my career with the fire department. I've got a funny story, kind of same thing. I went and made this little old man complaining of chest pain. I got there. It was, you know, it wasn't really a, a real true cardiac emergency, but you know, um, it was late at night and I kept a good attitude. And back then I was at on, on a unit where we ran 24-7. I mean, you're up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was it would have been very easy to not be uh, respectful to this little old man, to just blow him off, to just 
treat him, unfortunately, like a lot of guys will treat these people at two in the morning when you're dead tired. You, you've had enough. You just all you can think about is getting off in the morning. But no, I treated him with respect. He liked take, talking about baseball. Um, so I talked about him. He was from, uh, I think, either Puerto Rico or Cuba. He was a huge baseball fan. Hey, I am too. So let's, let's talk about it. We talked about it. We'll come to find out when I got him to the hospital. This was one of the councilman's uh, father. Right. So the councilman showed up and they push everybody out of the way. They don't want anybody in the room with there. And, you know, I'm in there talking to the literal man, you know, uh, you know, still, you know, joking with him. And we're getting along really well. The, the little guy, he really liked me. So as the, the councilman walks in, the councilman told me, hey, you need to get out. And he talked to me really ugly. This councilman did after I just helped his old his father. His, look, you want to talk about an old man talking to his son like he's a seven year old. He got after his son. And tell him you don't ever talk to people like that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the president. You don't treat people like that. He said, especially in front of me, especially to this man that just helped me. You know, we're getting along. He goes, you wait outside. He told his son that. that oh, councilman. man. That man turned tail and stood outside and waited till we were done talking. But I treated that old man like that. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who his son was. I didn't care. I treated him like I would have wanted somebody to treat my grandfather or my father. We, I would have wanted to be treated, you know, yeah. sure, because you never, like we just said, you never know who you're dealing with, and that's how. And unfortunately, I see stories all the time on Facebook where sometimes, you know, firefighters or parents, they'll treat somebody really ugly, and then a firefighter will go, "Hey, man, that was my grandfather that you talked to like that." You know, you don't ever treat people like, and it it, it, it works the other way too. Yeah, you know, yeah, unfortunately. Absolutely. So, like I said, you be careful who you're talking to. It could be it could be somebody really important or it doesn't matter. You treat everybody the way you'd like to be treated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Treat treat people the way you would want to be treated because right. that and it goes back to customer service, too, just or just being what it is. being nice. Right. Why would you ever want to frequent a place where they're talking down to you or they're right. talking ugly to you? Uh, no one wants to go there. That business will go under very quickly. Yes. And and yeah. you are you are the face of your business, you know, yeah. whether whether you own the company or not, you the way you carry yourself, the way you communicate, the way you talk to people is how others want to be treated. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing we're really trying to do at, at the store is just be inclusive, you know, just have a place where anyone can walk in and, um, you know, just have a conversation, get a cup of coffee. Right. Maybe leave a little inspired. Uh, maybe get that little push that they might need to to get to work and have a have a good day. Maybe they come back and do round two. Who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, man. It all it all starts with the hello. Hey, right. my <laughs> name is Frank. How are you today? What can I get you? I'm gonna say something. I... I've never been into a Starbucks. Yes, you have. Wow. I've never been into what a Starbucks. The... Oh, you know uh, what? You're right. We didn't go. I know I'm right. There. I've never been into a Starbucks. We, did, we sat outside in the patio area of Starbucks. I've never been into a Starbucks. That's right. Man. But you know what, Victor? Um, you're a good dude. I might go into yours. Tell me, tell me more about this. What is is this a, a choice to not walk into a Starbucks, or is this just? Uh, oh, well, I generally don't even drink coffee, but lately I have. I've just been making it on my own and put it in my uh, protein drinks. I actually use coffee now instead of water, but. I've just never been that type of coffee drink. I don't <laughs> I'm not the kind of person that needs caffeine in the morning. I just never have uh frequented, you know, the Starbucks. I'm just 
it's not anything. I'm not against Starbucks. I'm not, you know, anti-coffee. Just just the way it's always worked out. Yes, sir. All right. I can I can get along with that. You know, we I started you grow up, you go on a maybe family trip, road trip, right? Um, visit a city and you stop at Starbucks and my dad would go in and get coffee and um, I would always get a hot chocolate, you know, just, that's kind of how I just started. And right. you get a little bit older and um, you get the Frappuccinos, the really sugary frozen drinks, you know, cause why not? Um, and then it just kind of starts from there. You know? I will and tell you this, Starbucks somebody brought me a Starbucks, uh, some kind of lemonade. Uh, I think it had uh, like caffeine too. in it or something. I don't remember what it was. It was some type Maybe. of lemonade. We had the lemonade refreshers. It's like the fruity. Yeah. It was, strawberry it was good. I will say that. It was very good. Oh, awesome. I'll take that. <laughs> oh, man. So you heard it here. Chocolate. The hot chocolate is a gateway into coffee. Watch out. That's Watch it. out. As folks. we get them young, that's how we, that's how we get them started. <laughs> you will know, be surprised. We get man. some uh, kids coming in ordering just like, you know, what you would think to be a really adult beverage, adult coffee drink. And they come in and they're rubbing their eyes and I'm just I'm just so tired and just I need a latte. Okay, okay, we got you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I remember the very first Starbucks drink that I had ever had. Um, it was one of my ex girlfriends when I first moved to Houston. Uh, it was the Starbucks off of uh, what is that Westheimer and. Fountain View, I think. We went in there, and she ordered me a, um, a, a caramel macchiato. And I I was not a coffee drinker, but I remember having just maybe like half of that drink. And, man, I was bouncing off the walls. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what in the what? I was just going nuts. I was already hyper to begin with, and then that one just had set me off. I was just like acting a fool after that, man. It was crazy, but that was back in my like early 20s. I think I might have been 20 or so the very first time I had Starbucks. So that was just an you, experience in itself, man. Let me ask you, did that did that turn you on or did that turn you off a little bit? Oh, I, I definitely went back. That like, that was my drink of choice for a hey, while. Hey, I've got a better question. Did it turn her on or turn her off? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we kept going back. <laughs> oh, man. But, dude, it was crazy. It, dude. Oh, my goodness. Like, I was just, like, bouncing off. I mean, I, it was crazy. I, I still, you know, think about that first sip of coffee is like a dang drug man is what do you do after coffee right is, yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna regret saying this maybe if someone's listening but uh coffee is one of those things you can you can cut it pretty easily like the first three four days might be a little hard but um i do it pretty frequently i'll, I'll stop drinking coffee for a week and then realize what a bad decision that was and can't go get another cup but but, you know, uh, you know, when you start back again, you know, it's, you got to watch out, get anxiety, you know, get all, you know, all kinds of things. Maybe you start talking, can't stop talking. Um, but, yeah, coffee can do wonderful things. You get to the point, though, I, I'm there. I can drink coffee at night and pass out, go to sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> if I have coffee after 3 o'clock, I'm not going to bed until, like, 1. Uh, my body's very, very sensitive to coffee. 
or caffeine, I guess, whatever, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, (laughs) one or the other. But man, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, Victor, man. Um, I hope pleasure meeting you, Victor. Yeah, I hope. Nice to meet you, too. Anyone that listened to this is inspired just to, you know, hey, do 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 something differently. You know, don't you don't have to always fit in the puzzle piece or the square box that people are trying to fit you in. As long as you're you're doing better for yourself and you're trying to make the people around you better, do that. Do whatever it takes to to break that mold if you have to and, and, you know, dance to the beat of your own drum, you know, get out there and do it, though. Do you know? you. So, yep. Do sure. you, you do you. Thank you again, Victor, for hanging out with us tonight. Tom, thank you so much. Right. It's always a pleasure. Always, always. In, always inspiring to. <laughs> <laughs> to see you, you know, to I'm glad I can make it, man. Know you're Sorry doing it. Late. What an inspiration, man. It's so awesome. All right, everybody. Well, we will talk to you next week. Also, don't forget to listen to the brand new episodes of Monday Motivation. The music is awesome. The message it continues to inspire. Great, great stuff. If you love what you hear, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. That lets other people know, hey, this is worth taking a chance. This is worth listening to. Let me get on that. Let me try it out. And just like your coffee, once you try it, you just might get addicted to it. And and it lets me know somebody's listening and it's worth the effort, right? Absolutely absolutely so thank you everybody so much and we will talk to you next week that's right everybody stay sharp thanks everyone